0: hello everyone and welcome back to new and Nerdworthy. this is ian
1: and this is tanner and so if you guys listen to our weekly update uh from tuesday you know last tuesday i guess by the time you hear this uh you know that i will be out of the the range of uh wi-fi most likely In the wilderness um, <laughs> exactly on monday so we decided we were going to change things up a little bit just for this show. Uh, we're going to give you basically a half week in review. So we're uh, recording this on, on Thursday. Uh, so you're going to give about half the week, and then we're going to give you our Bad Batch uh, deep dive as part of the episode. So it'll be half the time spent on the updates, half the time spent on the deep dive, roughly. And then we'll catch you back up. Uh, from everything we missed in the next week in review, which will go back to our normal, uh, day and time. So we appreciate you accommodating my mini vacation and we're going to just jump right in. Uh, first and foremost, we're going to talk about that new what if episode, uh, for those of you who, you know, maybe haven't seen it yet and want to avoid minor spoilers, uh, maybe tune out for a couple minutes here while we give you our scores. Uh so generally speaking, I thought this was a vast improvement uh, over episode 1. Um I thought the the re- retelling of the Star Lord story uh with T'Challa was great. Uh it it gave some great character moments uh between characters that we really didn't think we would ever get or see. Um, spun some characters in a much different light that I really, really enjoyed. It, I, I'll say, it took me a minute to kind of get over that initial shock of some of it uh, with some of the characters, and
0: and one getting, in particular, yeah,
1: yeah. And then to get some of the voice talent that they got back, uh, you know, was really,
0: really cool. Um, We're talking big voice talent.
1: Yeah, guys. we won't give you names because it'll spoil some of the character moments. So, um, but. The cameos were, you know, the, the voice acting was really good. Um, the, the little surprises, the Easter eggs throughout, uh, they, they were great. I love the story, and I love some of the new character interactions that we that we see, and some of the different arc that uh, you know some of our familiar Guardians of the Galaxy characters take. Um, I thought it was really good. The animation's still a little wonky to me, especially when it comes to, like speaking. Um, and so I, I'm, I, yeah, I can't, I can't give it a perfect ten. I don't think. I'm going to give it a solid nine though. Um, I really enjoy the story. I like the new spin on things. I saw some hate about this uh, episode, which I didn't quite understand. I thought this was a vast improvement. Uh, The pacing was much better. I thought so. Yeah. Huge improvement. And I'll let Ian give a score and then we can kind of talk about maybe some of the controversy uh, that's spinning around the episode.
0: Yeah. So I, again, just like Tanner, I think it's a vast improvement um, over the first episode. I, but I think the um, the animation, particularly around the the mouths of the characters and the way that they, it syncs up with the dialogue, and not just the dialogue, but the emotion coming out of the dialogue, I find that like really off-putting. So I'm gonna go just a little bit lower than Tanner, and I'm have I'm gonna put this as an 8.5 because I do I, I very very much enjoy this story. Um, It is incredible. It is full of surprises and full of kind of like twists and turns from the things that we had, had accepted as the norm. Um, And I think the voice acting itself is actually better in this episode than the first episode. Um, Some characters that you never, like even characters that we've seen before behave differently and you can feel that through their dialogue. And I think that's just, you know, a testament to the voice acting itself. Um, so this is a vast improvement and if it, you know, if this is the top episode, then I think the series is still in a good place, but like, you know, I I think it's going to continue to get better from here. Um, and they're, and they're putting down some really cool stories. I'm, I am, uh, looking forward to episode three for sure.
1: Yeah. And I don't know how you felt Ian, but it was very emotional hearing Chadwick, uh, for the first time. Um, and then to see that there's a, there's a, commemoration at the end of the yeah episode. that that hit too yeah, yeah. so it, it is a little emotional especially for all like our big black panther fans who uh, yeah. of of one i am um you know i know a lot of people pay lip service to that but uh, if you come look at my comic collection i would say you know 60 percent of it is black panther based 30 percent is hulk and then there's a bunch of other just random stuff in there so can, uh,
0: can confirm
1: <laughs> yeah and Ian started this disease, so blame him. Um, but yeah, Ian, I actually wanted to get your take on on something that I've seen a lot that people have taken issue with, and I don't.
0: I just find this annoying.
1: Yeah, so know, yeah. a lot of people are taking issue with the fact that T'Challa is called Star Lord. So, uh, for for those we're not spoiling
0: you, too much there. This is in the trailer, right? Yeah, T'Challa is Star Lord.
1: So, but he he goes by Star Lord in the episode, right? And that's that seems to be the issue. So for those of you who don't remember, in Guardians of the Galaxy, Peter goes by Star-Lord because his mom, you know, writes him the note that says, you know, my little Star-Lord. So, My he's, little Star-Lord. Right. So he's that's like a pet name that they have uh, for, for Peter uh, in, in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, so Ian, I'd like to get your take on whether you were offended by the fact that Chadwick Boseman in uh, T'Challa was called Star-Lord, even though it wasn't a pet name that his dad gave him. <laughs>
0: I I honestly think this is just morons on Twitter trying to come up with something to crap on um, in this episode. Um, obviously, he could have gotten the name Star-Lord from anything. He could have gotten the name Star-Lord from Yandu. He could have gotten the name Star-Lord from, you know, just the press because he's a popular dude. People know who he is, you know. I mean, he could have gotten this from a number of places, and I think that that's just stupid. And it doesn't it's not like it takes away from Peter Quill's story at all either. It's just it's just people trying to find some something to complain about.
1: Yeah, no, I I would tend to agree with you. I think what we have to keep in mind when we're watching What If, these stories you can't take them as one thing changes and then the character is put back in the MCU storyline that we know them from. Or that or that they're taking the place of, right? So like there are other things that have happened to T'Challa as Star-Lord that we don't see. And and yep. we're going to get into this in a little bit with some Bad Batch stuff. I don't need to know every single detail of every single Easter egg or nugget or whatever right. in a show to accept its reality. And I think that's one thing that Star Wars has struggled with because they have to explain every mm-hmm. single freaking detail of everything, including how yeah, and, and Solo's if is, gun.
0: Yeah, and one, and one... But What If is refusing to do that, and that's fine with me. Because yeah. guess what this this is what if, I mean this is pondering if something if things were different,
1: we're in so, an I entirely mean, just, different God. universe and timeline. So yeah, we can accept I things mean, that are different.
0: You know that and this isn't a spoiler or anything, but Uatu says more than once in both episodes the term multiverse. I mean, so I don't know. People just need to quit complaining. I think
1: <laughs> I have something to complain about again.
0: No, that's true. It is Twitter after all. You know, you know. But moving on from what if we are getting some new Marvel stuff, guys. Some new Marvel films. So, and not just new Marvel films. I know we just got Black Widow. Guys, we're getting new Marvel properties. And that excites me to know it. We'll start with the one that is a little bit farther off. Um, today, which is kind of the reason why we decided to do this little mini week in review here. Um, today, Marvel studios dropped the Eternals final trailer. I don't know if you noticed that on the, uh, on the title card of the, of the YouTube videos. This is the last time we're going to see this is the last trailer we're going to get, which is interesting because that is still over two months away. So I assume we're going to, you know, we're going to get TV spots, you know, what have you, all that stuff. But this is the final trailer. Um, I'm going to let, I'm going to let Tanner talk about that a little bit more in depth, but I'm going to start it with good. God, is this trailer beautiful? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, what more can you say? It is Chloe Zhao to a T the shots. And it is just full of her. Oh, for sure. The shots are massive. The set pieces are massive. It is gorgeous. It is. I mean, the, the Icarus shots that we got were basically what Superman fans have wanted Superman to be. Uh, since the beginning of time, he looks unbelievable. The action sequences, everything. I mean, I know a lot of people hate it on that first trailer or teaser, whatever we're calling it nowadays. I don't know, but if you weren't excited by the first one, I really think you're going to be excited after, if you haven't watched it, watch it. Uh, the, 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 action sequences are there. We've seen the deviants and they look intimidating as I'll get out.
0: Yes, they do we
1: see some, some power base that we didn't see before. You know, we see, uh, kind of a little bit of the story, which we're going to get into here in a minute. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and it's, and it's enough to not tell me anything, but it's also enough uh, to to get me excited, and one thing we yeah. did find out, and you know, we'll we'll talk about this in a minute, but we are going to get an explanation as to why the Eternals didn't hang or, do anything during right. Endgame or Infinity War, you know, which so.
0: may change some things that we we had originally believed to be true. Um, so the one the cool thing about this trailer, regardless of this next thing we're going to talk about um is that it it really places it within the mcu like it, it is beautiful and some great and, and great action just like Tanner said but they do a good job of not telling us anything but also telling us where this fits yeah like where the eternals are fitting here because it this trailer begins with them explaining explicitly why they didn't interfere when thanos snapped half the universe so it begins uh, with Salma Hayek's character, you know, talking to, uh, why am I blanking on the name? What is his name? Icarus. Icarus. There we go. Okay. He's he's speaking to Richard Madden's character, Icarus, um, about why the, you know why they didn't do that, but also the effect that Thanos and Endgame has on yeah, their Stark. story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the idea here is that when Tony snarks, when Tony, Tony snark, snark. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that yeah, works. It works, it works kind of, but you know, Tony, Tony Stark, Stark, when he snapped everyone back into, yeah, Tony, Tony got a package for Tony Stark? Uh When he snapped everyone back into reality, um, the energy surge from that created, you know, what they're, what they're calling like the emergence. And, we can assume that that is the emergence of the deviants. It, it's it's their re uh, reemergence into the world because you can kind of just based off of comics history, you can maybe assume that the Eternals had defeated them at some point, and like they were gone for an extended period of time. Uh, but this the first thing it does beg the question, though, is it you know it goes on to explain that you know the Eternals were told not to interfere. And they were told that by the Celestial himself. I cannot remember that Celestial's name, but he is the one that is uh, generally referred to as the Judge.
1: Yeah, the and Judge. We get to
0: see him in the trailer sitting on, you know, like a throne-like like chair, and it, it is the Judge Celestial. Um, but the explanation um, is, is that... You know, they were only allowed to interfere if it involved deviance. And so the question that is jumping around right now that, you know, we can discuss, but we really can't answer yet until we see this movie is does that mean that, you know, the MCU's version of Thanos is not a deviant as he was in the comics?
1: Yeah. So it's, I think it's a little interesting, right? And, and before we do that, I just piggyback on this movie has a very. Uh, Disney Hercules vibe, like the Titans are locked under the sea, yeah, and then like Hercules you know, comes out and like releases yeah. the Titans, and then they've yeah okay so okay
0: as long as I'm no one hundred percent I agree.
1: So that's what I mean. That's kind of what the feel is, and and I'll say the shots are beautiful. When, when well, I mean, it, right.
0: it feels like mythology. Like yeah. you can just it just feels like mythology which, in general, which makes sense with the which characters I mean be. that's why they're named yeah.
1: the way they are. But exactly. I think yeah, to your point, it's interesting because in the comic, so again, they say we can only interfere when deviants are involved. Right. And so what we've been told in the comics traditionally is that Thanos is in fact a deviant. Now, from, from what I understand, there's like this theory going around or maybe an explanation going around that Thanos is an eternal, but has like a deviant gene. So he's kind of like a hybrid. Right. Um, and, And that's what has kept them away. But I don't, Again, I hope they. And maybe maybe we're just again we're we're probably speculating a little bit here, and maybe it's nothing, right? Maybe they right. maybe the MCU just says you know Thanos isn't anything, to in terms of what the Eternals are that he's not an Eternal, he's not a Deviant, mm-hmm. he's just this being, right? Which fine, whatever, like I don't that's fine. Um, right. It would be a little
0: weird for me, but like I do think yeah, it'll be weird, but as long as they explain it to me, you're right? As long as they explain that, then I'm fine.
1: Yeah, I don't think you can get into the movie and not explain what what right. role and all this is. Yeah,
0: so well because the, the and then the main thing there, um, if you continue on into the trailer, you get your first look at General Crow, who is the leader of the Deviants, and if you look at him, and kind of like the structure of some of the other Deviants that you see inter, inter- interspersed into the trailer. They don't look anything like Thanos. No. At all. Not no. from any facial structure, you know, bodily structure, nothing. They they don't look like him. No. Um and like you said, like you said, like Tanner said, uh, Thanos wasn't full blooded deviant, Reigns. He was he was part eternal, just a Titan eternal, not an Earth eternal. I know these things get freaking confusing <laughs> when it comes to eternals. Um But we get our first look at General Crow. I'm interested um, to see if Crow will be will have any kind of depth, or if he's just going to be leading a you know these hordes of deviants. Um, that remains to be seen, um, because I also think there's a possibility that you know one of our one of our beloved Eternals is not so good.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and the comics set this up right, like Druid has, yeah. has has a history of of turning on the Eternals, uh, yeah. Thea. Uh, she does too. Um, so she, cause she ends up marrying deviants and, 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 and inter intercoursing with them.
0: Right. So, uh, which in the trailer, yeah, there, there, there seems to be at least a history between the two of them. Yep. Of some kind.
1: Right. So that will be interesting to see. Mm -hmm. um i'm also just like again we don't have to belabor this i i love the trailer um i thought it 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 reinvigorated an excitement for me i think exactly my only question is are they going to do an eternals two? because they're just going to have to recast like sprite every single time every time yeah (laughs) that they do this movie and that's a yeah she seems to be uh she seems to be like somebody that we're going to really grow and, and attach right. to in this film, at least.
0: Well, and, and that's one of the things I wanted to mention is that, you know, we, we tend to focus on some of these flashy things like Chloe Zhao's direction, um, which is, you know, like we said, these, the, just the shots in this trailer are absolutely beautiful. The music is beautiful. The action looks super nuanced and, and great, and the CGI is incredible. But one of the things that really stuck out to me is the relationship between all of the Eternals. You know, they kind of mentioned that they haven't been around each other in a while. They've all been yep. kind of off doing their own things, but yet once they're together in this trailer, they each seem to have a very distinct relationship with one another. Yep. And I think that is why you go get the actors that they did, like the quality of actors that they did. Uh, because, I, and, and I think that's going to be like kind of the backbone of the movie is the relationships between each of the Eternals.
1: Yep. Yep. So I, like I said, I'm excited and we'll move from one property that I'm excited about to another Marvel property that I'm excited about. And I
0: apologize. Boom. Somebody's
1: ringing my doorbell. If you guys can hear that on my go away, we're trying to record <laughs> a podcast. Yeah. I'm the only one here. So you're going to have to go away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh So we'll go from, sorry, totally took me out of train of thought there. One Marvel (laughs) property I'm excited about to another one that we're excited about, and that is uh, Shang-Chi. We are getting, uh, the premiere was on Monday night, right? Yes, it was. Uh, Sorry, days are running together now. Um, So we got our first round, I guess, of reactions to uh, Shang-Chi. These are not, you know, they're not uh, reviews, they're just, early reactions Uh, I scoured through a lot of them again I try to avoid anything with uh sports in them uh so I try to avoid that as much as possible yeah Uh, I I read through a lot of these yeah I did too and and generally speaking I didn't read anything that was negative how about you
0: no I I didn't I mean and you know usually you have that one guy or those couple people that were like nah not for me just because they want to be the one that gets the most clicks but there the, that didn't exist for this one which i think is kind of telling
1: yeah it, it you know generally speaking what we saw and these are again these are non-spoiler reviews the action's great they a lot of people yep. love the the new world building that they're doing yes uh, which i think we've seen a little bit of i don't think you've seen anything uh basically they Compare, said they yeah. shaved uh, shaved saved uh, the best shots for the movie. So if you're people like us that don't like spoilers, I'm turning everything or uh, Shang-Chi off. So I'm yeah, not watching I'm not any of the TV spots. Uh, no, yeah. I'm out. Uh, I don't want to see anything else. I want to go into the movie fresh. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm not looking at it. I, you know, if you guys are with us and you don't want to see some of the cool shots, stay away from it. Um, but I, you know, I had had an inkling that some of the mystical things that we see in the trailer, um you know like the like the guardian uh the the chinese lions the guard lions or whatever um we see them mm-hmm. briefly in the trailer i i had a feeling that this was going to get a little more mystical and it sounds like we are yeah. so um i'm very excited the action sequences are supposed to be beautiful and you know perfectly choreographed and you know i'm 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 very excited you know to your pointy and this is really kind of the first new property we've had in a while Um, while a big one know black widow by itself is a new property, but she's not a new property i mean this is this is exciting stuff so
0: yeah and you know one of the things that stuck out to me in those reactions and 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 i think that's great because it seems to continue into eternals um is that I, i you know a number of these reactions saying that it feels it does feel different from other mcu films like you know Say what you want about it. I know some people hate it. I tend to love it because I like the the fluidity of it. Um, but the the Marvel movies, you know, especially some of the standalones, they have some of the same feelings and some of the some of the same feeling and some of the same trends. You know, um, they, they they don't differ from each other too much in like their tone. Uh, but the, apparently, Shang Chi is inter- it, it. Does feel somewhat separate. So it does feel somewhat new, which right now I think is great. You know, we're trying, I don't, I don't want to say relaunch cause that, you know, implies that something bad happened, but you know, after end game, they are, they're kind of relaunching here. Um, and we've seen that in the shows, the shows feel, the shows feel different than the other theatrical movies, the other theatrical releases that MCU has had. But I think that comment, you know, the fact that this is different means so much to separating you know phase four from the infinity saga and, and you can see that in eternals as well eternals doesn't have doesn't not as it, you know at least from this trade these two trailers we've had it does not feel like any other marvel movie we've seen before so it, you know if these first two phase four prop new properties do kind of have their own thing that separates them from the infinity saga i think that's actually an amazing thing
1: yep i know i 100 percent agree
0: Hundred percent agree, and we are getting more news about Phase Four, which is great. We've, we're getting that's you know that's why we're doing this right here, guys. You know, we've we've gotten some Feige interviews and some, and the news just keeps coming out. And this next one actually has me very excited. So we found out today from B- Brandon Davis and Kevin Feige that Dominique Thorne, who has been cast to play Riri Williams or Ironheart from the comics, will actually be debuting in. Wakanda forever and black Panther Wakanda forever before her own Disney plus series before we kind of, we knew that she was coming. We knew that she was going to be in the Disney in her own Disney plus series and in armor wars. But now we're getting, we get the confirmation from, you know, the, the MCU God himself, Kevin Feige, the, that she is debuting in Wakanda forever. And, you know, awesome. I think that's great. The sooner we see her, the better.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm interested to see how they introduce her. Um, I think this would be a nice spin if they had done, like, if she is a product of the, the Wakandan outreach program that you see at the end of yes, uh, the original Black Panther. So,
0: yeah, 1,000%.
1: I, I think this makes logical sense. You know, she's a tech genius uh, that builds a, basically a, a replica Iron Man suit. Um, so, yep. Th- this seems
0: to fit with me. You know, so, if, if we see Shuri in that panther outfit like some of it, like some people seem to believe and some people hope that'd be a really cool team team up riri williams and shuri uh, that would be a very that'd be really really cool but yep. uh yeah i give me that great introduction so that we can dive right into ironheart because um she's a great character in the comics uh for as you know as new as she is she's a great character in the comics um and i can't wait to see her in live action yeah. So we'll
1: go from that to more. You know, the MCU just info dumped us uh, earlier yeah, this just,
0: week. They're, they're trying to kill us with all
1: this information. <laughs> and I'll shout out to Brandon Davis. A lot of this apparently is coming from Brandon A Davis. lot is coming
0: straight from him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because he had an interview with Kevin Feige uh, on Third today, which is Thursday. And a lot of this is coming out of that. So uh, we know from that interview from Brandon Davis that uh, there is a script for Deadpool 3 in development. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is involved in and writing it um and from what we heard marvel has deadpool 3 on their calendars so this that, is, indicate... that is huge yeah and we heard from we we talked about it in, on last week's show ryan reynolds said there's a 70 percent chance essentially that uh uh the deadpool 3 happens so this would mm-hmm. indicate that that's that at least that it's in development that they're working on it so
0: you know well you know there are a number of properties you know just on disney just on disney plus alone that we haven't that we know exist but we haven't been told what they even are so the fact that this is on the theatrical schedule already i mean this this is gonna it's hap it's happening yeah I, i don't see this i don't see this one falling through um you know Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. I I want him to write this. You know, I can go back and forth on whether Deadpool or Deadpool 2 are are as as a, you know, which one is better. Um, I think, you know, the first Deadpool is probably the better of the two, but Deadpool 2 is the coolest of the two. So I think, you know, Ryan Reynolds was more involved in the story pieces of 2 than he was in in, uh, 1. But if, if they were able to somehow continue that then I'm absolutely all for it. Um, I think it's interesting um, to think about if um, we will see Cable and Domino come back. Um, I think that could be – that is an interesting situation given the way that these licenses have come up.
1: No, and I think that's a great point. I mean, I'd be interested to see uh, if – if they bring back Domino and if they bring back Cable, it's it's a little weird, right? Because we, Josh Brolin is has been in the MCU already, yeah. as Thanos, so uh, that would be an interesting. I mean,
0: you know, if Gemma Chan can do it, yeah, then you're right. Josh Brolin can do it. You know,
1: yeah, not a lot of foresight there, and uh, buying Fox on Marvel's part, I guess, <laughs> but
0: <laughs> those idiots, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: No. So yeah, I mean, but you know, it'll be interesting to see if we get X-Force and it's going to be interesting to see what Deadpool we get. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, my question has always been is Marvel's Deadpool as successful as Fox's Deadpool, because I'm not sure that Marvel's really willing to, and Disney is really willing to uh, let weight off the chain like uh, Fox can.
0: So I don't know. It's just, it's wild that, you know, Marvel's, X Men property is, you know, well, the X Men universe is going to start off with Deadpool three. I think that's hilarious.
1: Yeah, you would think that that would have to be the first time we see mutants, right? I mean, yeah, like at least the concept. I mean,
0: as far as we know, as we know,
1: yeah. But okay, so now, okay, now you got me thinking about this a little bit. Does that mean Deadpool one and two are canon now? If we're just going to jump into three, mm-hmm.
0: I guarantee you, there's going to be some like weird and hilarious fourth wall explanation of what's happening. Yeah. Okay. Fourth wall breaking explanation.
1: Because if that's the case, that would make at least the, uh, the, uh, James McAvoy X-Men. Yep. Canon. Because
0: they're in too. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, we're interested. You know, <laughs> we're interested. We'll be lined up. All praise Ryan Reynolds.
1: And I will also but, be lined up for the next movie.
0: Yeah. We're going to talk
1: about, because I know there's going to be a lot of trolls that are going to be upset about this, but Captain America 4 with Anthony Mackey has been confirmed, uh, which yeah. I think is beautiful. I mean, we... Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, we knew that Anthony Mackey was Captain America at the end, and you, you see that in uh, yep. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and, and it turned out Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Uh, so this makes total sense. My question for you, Ian... Who is the villain? Because well, we you don't know, have a ton of uh, comic base for uh, Sam Wilson's Captain America yet. They're 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 building yeah. on it. But what what are you thinking?
0: You know, way back in the day when we were watching a bootlegged version of of the the presentation they put on <laughs> announcing Phase Two, I think
1: we were in uh, gerontology together. We were. For those of you who don't know, gerontology is the study of aging. So
0: yeah, what a go. class! <laughs> what a class! Anyway, in, the, <laughs> in that uh, that presentation, they te- they they tease the audience by calling the next Captain America uh, the Serpent Society. So you know what? It's time to capitalize. Let's let's see. Let's see Anthony Mackie face off against the Serpent Society. No idea how they do that. I don't really care. I just want to see it.
1: Yeah, I, I, that would be an interesting cast of characters
0: to see in live action. But make it fun. Yeah, I'm. I'm I, you know, I, I'm, I'm just excited to see him suit back up in this in the yeah in the cap suit and uh, to get the full movie experience from him instead of just the the series. Yeah, and I which think- was good yeah but i want to see
1: the film the, yeah i mean you know what i think of the series where i ranked it in the mcu right. stuff i just had some problems with the fact that they pulled some punches i think or didn't explain yeah. some things but if i mean we say serpent society but that also has uh roots in the comics because in his first run you do see the serpent society when, when he when sam wilson becomes captain america they all knew uh captain america run uh, you do see yep. him against Serpent Society. You see him against vampires. Uh, so you've got Moon Knight coming too. So maybe that makes sense. But you've also got Bla- so, yeah. mean, vampires are coming, so that would make sense. Um, Sold. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm whoever good- he
0: fights, yeah. I don't care. I just want to see this movie.
1: I'm just happy for and hopefully and it. Hopefully, it comes sooner lot. rather than later. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and it, I, I will be curious to see if Sebastian Stan is in this as well.
1: Yeah, and yeah. Who knows? It was weird, right? Because they yeah, they, really they said they kind of teased that we were getting a Falcon and Winter Soldier,
0: two season series, two series, yeah.
1: but maybe this takes its place. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Maybe, yeah. Who knows? I'll watch it. Only Kevin Feige. Bingo. A little bit of a pivot. We're gonna head into the world of gaming for just a second before uh, before we leave the rest of the episode to the to Star Wars. Um, we got our first. You know, I'm not a big. I used to play this game. Tanner, I think used to play this game. We don't anymore. Uh, but it is big news every single year. It's big news. Um, well, the first IGN trailer, for call of duty. <laughs> they have the yes, they will, uh, call of duty Vanguard. The very first trailer came out, um, today. Um, we're heading back in time a bit, Um, which is, you know, that's fine considering they still have that war zone, um, battle royale that's set in modern times so now you can pick and choose which area you really want to uh, you really want to game in Um, you know I'm sure the graphics are great and everything I just do not care about Call of Duty I'm sorry for people who do care about Call of Duty but you're wrong so
1: I'll be the first to admit that I used to love and obsess over Call of Duty oh yeah Um, Yeah,
0: used to Modern Warfare
1: and Modern Warfare 2 were my
0: shit especially two for me. Yeah. yeah.
1: Anytime. Once I knew that I could drop nukes, that was game changing. Yep. Um, yep. But yeah, I, I haven't really picked it up since probably black ops two, or maybe modern warfare was after that, whatever the, the latest of those two were. Can't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they're going back to world war two where I thought they were probably their most successful. And, and, and to me, honestly, to get me back in the game, I think they'd have to go back more to a story based. Um, Yeah, You you know, franchise instead of an open world, you know, or not open world, instead of a a, basically a multiplayer platform. Like, I I just don't I don't get the same use out of it now.
0: Yeah, I I don't. You know, it's few and far in between that I play online games. And usually it's when when I do, it's with you. So if if you're not playing Call of Duty, guess what? (laughs) I'm not playing Call of Duty. Yeah, we'll play some Battlefront, you know. And speaking of Battlefront, let's get away from Call of Duty and head into... The realm of Star Wars because holy shit, guys. Yes. If you haven't watched the trailer for Star Wars Visions, please pause this show right now and go watch it. Yes. And then come back because we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> but this this is a is, is a series, an anthology series on uh, Disney Plus. It is nine, I believe, specific stories um, by nine different anime studios. So each episode will have a different animation style. Um, and the trailer is insane. And I mean, that's the only word I can think of in, in, in the best way. Not, not insane in a bad way. But it is, for me, everything I think Star Wars needs to be. It is fresh it is new it seems to bend kind of like those unwritten laws of star wars and i think that's incredible let's let's make new stuff guys and we're going to get into the, the frustrations behind that in a minute yep but this is new and this is what's what i want out of star wars right now
1: yeah. So I'll be the first to admit, I have not watched a lot of anime in my life. Um, I guess if you consider, you know, the old Yu-Gi-Oh uh, show and Pokemon anime, that's probably the extent. I think it counts. I think it counts, but, you know, probably not in like the, the anime, right? you know, deep Crowd. world. Like, you know, yeah. sorry. I, I, it's not that I don't like it. It's just uh, I, I usually find myself investing time elsewhere. Unfortunately, it works sometimes. Um, So this will kind of be like my first real foray into anime. And what I loved about this, it represents what I think Star Wars is about, which is Star Wars is for everyone. And we have seen for so long that Star Wars has basically been this one family of white humans. um, And this series of, of each, they're, they're each, I guess we should back up. They're each standalone episodes, basically. They're all going right. to be different stories, and none of them are canon. So, basically, Star Wars and Lucasfilm has said, you guys have your own playpen. You can do whatever you want with it. Don't worry about yep. any ramifications. None of this is canon, so let it off the hook. And some of the things. They did. They did. This is Star Wars, like, no pun intended, but this is Star Wars Unleashed. Um,. This is, I I mean, they're taking concepts like, you know, oh my God, it's a lightsaber hilt. And now they're like, hey, how about we do lightsaber whips and lightsaber umbrella spinny things? Like, what the hell was that thing? But like, honestly, I know, but
0: I want one now.
1: I know it looks so cool. I think this is so good for the franchise. Let's get some fresh perspectives on it. Let's blow this thing up. We've even got a story based around like some kind of like animal creature thing.
0: Yeah. Like a bunny Jedi.
1: Yeah. So, you know what, like do it. And, and you know, I think I
0: saw a Mandalorian in there somewhere too.
1: Yeah. And I think the, the other point, the other point to think about here, star Wars is very successful in America and in England. It does not, particularly perform well in China or mm-hmm. in the a- other Asian markets. So why not blow it up a little bit? Uh, you know, put some Asian culture, which is desperately needed in star Wars, as we saw from the pushback for, uh, Rose, which, you know, that, yes. that wasn't Kelly Marie trans fault. That was freaking JJ Abrams being a dipshit, um, and wasting a character. Bingo. Uh, but, it's time for Star Wars to evolve past uh, middle-aged white dudes in their basement. So I'm glad that we're yep. we're getting this. Um, I think it's huge for the franchise, and I, I think it's you know, and I
0: consistent. And with I hope everything. they take the yeah, exactly, yeah. I hope they take the best ones and they make feature length versions of yes, yeah. because this this is this is awesome, and that's what I want. And Star Wars, please keep doing stuff like this. Um, I'm not going to give but, any
1: credit to Kathleen Kennedy because screw her. No,
0: because I don't give her credit for anything. No, but, um, we'll go to the other side of the animation here and things that, uh, have come out in the last uh, couple months now. And that is the bad batch.
1: Yeah. And if you guys um, can't tell from the tone,
0: <laughs> you're in yeah, for a joy here. You're in for a joy right here. Um, and, and I have conflicting feelings on this. Let's just get our scores out of the way. Yep. So this score is for the whole season. We'll we'll talk about some more individual stuff in just a minute. This is for the whole season for me. And I'm going to give it a 7. Um, I'm going to clarify my 7 here a minute. Because I think my 7 here is not a testament to the show itself. I, my, I give this a 7 because it's an IGN 7. I, I give it a 7 because I, I don't care. I didn't care about this. Like, IGN just seems to give sevens to everything. Like, they just don't give a shit. So, that's what I'm doing uh, with the Bad Batch. I I gave it a seven because I don't want to think about it any harder to give it, you know, a more real score because it was boring to me.
1: Yeah. um, I'm similar. I'm going to be a bit more aggressive, though, because I've got some bones to pick and we're going to walk through this. Uh, I, I gave it a six. And, if you guys know me, I'm typically a pretty light grader. I think I gave space jam, whatever the stupid LeBron one. I think I gave that like a six and a half or something. Um, <laughs> and that tells you what I think of bad batch. Um, yeah, I, let's start with the positives though, I guess.
0: And that's unfortunately the first episode. Yeah. To me, titled that's aftermath.
1: That's the best episode. Uh, of the
0: entire show, and we get and you know, and it was the, it, it was the way to explain uh, some things that we hadn't seen that we would want to see. We'll get into things we didn't need to see here soon, but you know, launching the story of these clone troopers alongside of the origin story for Kanan Jarrus, I think was perfect. You hit all of the emotional threads while keeping the story still essentially like. Kanan was there, but he wasn't the focus of the story. The focus was still the Bad Batch in Clone Force ninety nine. It was tragic. The action was great. Animation was phenomenal. That first episode, absolutely incredible, and it's all downhill from there.
1: Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. Um, I actually didn't necessarily care for the Kanan thing. I, you know, find that it worked out the way that it did. Um, and and I know you want to give people a, a basis. But I'll be honest, I thought this operated its best when they basically said, "Let's focus on the fall of the republic." Yeah, and let's analyze what happens to these troopers, these clone troopers who are yeah. you know are not uh, loyal to the empire. How do you make a living in a universe under an empire that you no longer serve because you've been replaced? Um so I actually like seeing the the gritty underground uh, portions of that and that's really what you see in the first few episodes when they're kind of like bounty hunting. Yeah.
0: Um yeah, when they're kind yeah. of staying under the radar. Yeah, for sure. And I
1: liked I liked aspects of that, but I kept waiting yeah. for it to mean something and it never did.
0: Exactly. It never did. But I mean exactly. the, the first that's my yeah. that's my big problem.
1: So the the first episode's great because it gives you a look into the fall of the empire from the clone's right. perspective and I thought that was right. why it was so successful. It gave us yes. something new um, yeah. on on a story that we we knew about. We, we we all are comfortable with, and that's a great basing point uh,
0: yeah.
1: for the show. But then you've got to expand, and this show never did.
0: Um, right. So and it, and I, I want to take about you know this first episode was great. The the for me, and we'll, we'll talk about her more obviously. the that when this show was at its best were the quiet intimate moments between hunter and omega like the the idea that these you know like like tanner is saying these people are these people these clones are trying to figure out how to live in a world where they no longer have, where they are no longer serving the republic right and so the best scene the best most intimate scenes for me are you know hunter figuring out that you know okay my life after this is caring for this young girl, the Omega. And so like, there's some beautiful scenes littered throughout where, you know, you watch Omega try to kind of mimic whatever Hunter is doing. And like, you start to just see the, like, maybe not even father, daughter, maybe older brother, sister mentality, you know, whatever the relationship you see, you know, I I think it's subjective, but the relationship I think is what, you know, sadly, it that relationship is the only reason I finished the series.
1: Yeah, and that's that's to the me. point, right? Like to me. So, if you've watched the show, you know you know what happens, but you know, we'll break it down a little bit in case people are like, "Hey, do I want to watch this show?" Yeah, uh, or not. So, basically, the Bad Batch starts as you know what we saw them at the end of Clone Wars. So you've got yep. Hunter, Echo, Tech, Crosshair, and Wrecker. Okay. Yep. Crosshair stays with the Empire. Uh, Omega is some something at the beginning of the show. We don't really know. Um, And then she escapes the she escapes Camino uh, with everybody from the Bad Batch, except Crosshair, who stays with the Empire and becomes bad. And then basically they go on a merry journey through space Um, to Ian's point. The best moments are between Hunter and Omega that's what makes that's where the shows characters drive yep. echo and tech could not be in this show and it would make no difference
0: and it wouldn't matter yeah it wouldn't matter they were completely the only useless. time echo had anything yeah the only time echo had anything was the one episode with rex because that's you know right. the two characters had a connection that was it and tech is just there to solve the problem, right? He's like he's basically yeah. Tech C3PO. is just there to give them the answer to anything. Yeah, yes, exactly. You see three PO, and that's about it. And even you know we we you know record is a sweet character, and you know his relationship with Omega is cool, but he doesn't develop at all. Nothing changes about him. You know, and and that's that's the problem here. And not only that. So one of the characters they they and this is not a character they introduced. Uh, but it is an earlier version of her, just by the way the timelines. We get to see Fennec Shand, um, Agent May coming coming back to uh, to voice Fennec Shand. Cool to see her. Didn't need her. Wasn't essential to the story. Doesn't add anything whatsoever to me. Yeah. Then,
1: yeah. Keep I mean, going.
0: <laughs> and, and, and yeah, I'll get, yeah. Just sorry. Then in another episode, you get Trace and Rafa Martez. The two girls from the worst episodes of clone, of the last Clone Wars series, by far, why they brought them back, I cannot explain at all. Because, again, those episodes mean nothing to the story. Keep going. So, you know, they, yeah, okay. Uh, and then finally, probably the coolest of the unnecessary cameos, just because the character is cool, but Cad Bane shows up. Again, if you've watched Clone Wars, Cad Bane, crazy cool character, crazy cool concept, you know, this outlaw, you know, kind of the opposite of Han Solo, you know, he's the outlaw that is actually bad instead of the outlaw, the outlaw with a heart. Um, cool to see him. Added nothing to the story. And then he was just gone.
1: And And, and keep going. We've got we've got another couple another cameo. And finally
0: <laughs> the final cameo here and this one I I, cla- I I will clarify because these two episodes I didn't if, if you put them in a vacuum just themselves, they're fine episodes. there's nothing inherently wrong with them um and if they were in rebels, if they were in the middle of, of one of rebels seasons, then great. But in the middle of the of the series, we get two episodes that focuses on Ryloth and Hera Syndulla. And the uh, the aftermath of the fall of the Republic in terms of Ryloth and, you know, specifically Hera and her family. And in these two episodes, the Bad Batch are a cameo in their own series. They are in one scene in both of these episodes omega and is in it a little bit more um but why was why were they there like why was that what again the story cool but it it was not in why was it not in rebels like why why is this here it adds nothing to the story it is unnecessary it doesn't do anything for the bad batch it doesn't do anything for the overall story because it wasn't a story we needed to know yeah so i'm
1: going to go in on this for a little bit okay Bad Batch to me felt like an overstuffed cameo Easter egg fest of nothingness. We never needed to see Phoenix An That was just a plug for Mando. We never needed Bingo. to see Trace and Rafa. They sucked in Clone Wars. I don't need to see him again. Those were the worst Bingo. four episodes of that final season of Clone Wars. If you take that final those episodes out of Clone Wars. Those final few episodes of Clone Wars with Ahsoka and, and the fall of Mandalore, those, that's some of the best TV ever created. But I can't Incredible. say that. I can't say that because I had to deal with Trace and Rafa Martez for four episodes. And, and those there's literally an episode of Clone Wars where they start in a prison cell and then they end in the same freaking prison cell. It is the dumbest shit. I swear to God. Like, it pisses me off. So basically what the Bad Batch did was do what the sh- that – episode of clone wars did here's all these stupid easter eggs i'm going to explain the fall of ryloth through the 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 through the animation this time instead of just telling you what happened off screen like we've heard in rebels before from hera and kanan we're going to give you a look at how kanan's master died which we've already seen if you've read the comics and like quite frankly we've heard it from kanan when he's explaining it to ezra so like i don't care like, I literally don't care. Cad Bane, no reason to put him in this other than he's cool and we yeah. underutilized him in Clone Wars. That's the only reason you put him in there. And it, it is and, – and, and even Gregor, who cares?
0: Like, yeah. who cares? I love the character, but like, why?
1: Literally all this was was how can we bridge every story that we've ever told instead yeah. of giving the Bad Batch room their own story they're like okay we're gonna just make them the tie between every star wars property we've ever created and i think it does yep. disservice to the st- it does disservice to the bad batch it does disservice to the characters and that's why i couldn't care because every episode yeah. just turned out to be this stupid like how can we make this relate to other star wars properties and i couldn't like i can't stomach that and and, and the, pro- yeah, and and the and and, and, problem and the other problem is like i hold dave filoni to the highest of standards because he has proven to be one of the only people him and John Favreau that care about Star Wars and can make Star Wars yep. right. The other the other one Correct. in that group hate to burst everyone's bubble is Ryan Johnson. So like yes. Get over it. Okay? Like the three of them can tell Star Wars stories like nobody else. And I know he can do better because I've seen him do better because Ahsoka is one of the greatest star Wars characters to ever live. And he basically single-handedly
0: brought her out of nothing. So exactly. Any, okay. So let's to that end, let's go to the end. The story ends with the, I guess the fall of Kamino, like they destroy the cloning facilities and then the show's over but there is zero closure to anything because there was never really a story. There was never really an overarching story. I guess, you know, you could try to spin it, that the overarching story was to get crosshair back somehow, which he's not even really back. He went off on his own somewhere. We don't know or how, because, you know, the whole place was collapsing. Um, it, it, you know, it just doesn't work.
1: No, because listen, like we all knew Camino was destroyed. I didn't need to freaking see it now. Now I, I, again, I don't like getting upset. Okay. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't. Um, especially over a property that I love. The positive, I'm going to give you the, the, the positive to me, the destruction of Camino is, is one of the most beautifully animated things I've ever seen in my life. Like the scale and the scope that they pulled off in those shots and, and the, the, the color and the, and the depth and the, and the score, the score is incredible. The, Mm -hmm. the, the action sequences are incredible. The, the directing, the, like the shots are incredible, but I didn't care. I literally didn't care. But,
0: but, but, but here, you know, in, I disagree with you a little bit on that because to me, yes, it is. It is beautifully animated. The action is cool and all of that, but to me, and the score is good, but to me, those final four episodes that focused on the fall of Mandalore had better action were just as beautifully animated and had just as if not better music, you know. All the like the the one scene that brings this to mind, like as an exemplar, is Ahsoka jumping between clone jump jump ships as that Ahsoka theme starts to build up. They have the drums going in the background, and she's flying in the air between the gunships, and then lands on the ground with her lightsabers in the in the in the ground to slow her down, and then the explosion comes up behind her as her like theme is playing stunning this has nothing like that in my opinion i know you i I know the scale is probably a little bigger with the you know camino falling down like the entire like planet collapsing basically because everything's above the water anyway um so like the scale i yeah i agree with that but to me like even the animation doesn't hold up and in this you know is it any better than those four those four episodes of the newest clone wars which are the only thing that was actually new was the, those four. The other episodes were created beforehand. Yeah. And, but,
1: and the problem is know, those
0: four episodes is that is the pinnacle of
1: the, Star Wars animation there, for me. There's no question about it. There's no, it's the pinnacle of Star Wars storytelling period. So like, I, I I would agree with you on that, but the problem is like, we can't even disagree about this because the series meant nothing to either of us. And that's, te- yeah. that's, a, that's like te- saying and telling from us, because in case you haven't noticed, we freaking love Star Wars. Yeah, and, and like any hardcore. Star Wars, like we'll go to Star Wars up. celebration. Yeah.
0: We, you know, we we I'm are in a all Star Wars celebration Star shirt Wars. right now.
1: For God's sakes, yeah. Like, what, like we love this crap. <laughs> yeah, you give us and mediocre a, crap, and we'll eat it up. And this is like yep. probably be below mediocre for me.
0: Yeah. I, uh, you know, and I didn't, I, I'll be the first to admit, I know this is bad to admit for being a full Star Wars fan. I didn't even finish Resistance, but what I saw of Resistance was better than this.
1: Yeah, well, Resistance was fine because.
0: It was for a different audience. Yeah, it was
1: for a different audience, and they did tell an, their own story a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's the, and that's the thing. There was at least a purpose. Yeah. like I may not have really, I may, may not have really connected with that purpose. Sure. But at least it was there. But like there wasn't this wasn't even there for this.
1: No, like there were some ties. uh, And that's all it was were ties. Yeah. But it wasn't like the story was bogged down by unnecessary storytelling to connect. Right. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they kind of have their own like fun little like go kart racing for spaceships, which is fun. And, you know, whatever they do.
0: And and, it's a little different. So, like, yeah, I would agree with you. You talked about how one of the positives for you is the animation absolutely fair the only thing that i got out of it was kind of i guess an implication because unfortunately and maybe they just you know they're able to write the ship here we're getting a season two of the bad batch and the only indication we got of anything in the future for what this where this could go is that we see one of the kaminoans uh, nala say she's one of the science one of the clone clone engineers scientists whatever you want to call them she's being taken into an empire, an uh, imperial facility, um, presumably to run some sort of cloning program. I don't know what it could be. You know, um, I, you know, I've heard, and we've talked about this, you know, the idea that maybe she is the one that ends up cloning all these and creating these stupid ass snokes. Um, Well, snoke itself wasn't stupid how how it was resolved was stupid so i won't say stupid ass but the way they ended up explaining snoke um i had the an idea that maybe you know we come to find out that baby yoda is a clone of some kind you know they cloned yoda somehow i don't know probably not correct but you know that's the, the that that little scene is the only thing we got of where it could and maybe will, or we have no effing idea where it will go from here.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'll just be honest. Like, I've seen Clone Wars, I've watched it three times. I don't need more Clone Wars. I just don't.
0: Yeah. I, it's and that's it's what time to is. move on. Like, it, and, 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 and that's the main problem. Star Wars is afraid to move on from the things that they have established. Yeah,
1: because like, you all know, you assholes so excited. freak yeah. out over Ryan Johnson's. New fresh take on Star Wars was Canto Bite good? No, it wasn't, no. it was really dumb. But you know what? He pushed the, the bounds rest of the movie is Star great. Wars and told a story unlike anything we'd seen in Star Wars. Because guess what? He's one of the greatest writers that we have in the world right now. Q Knives Out, Q Looper, the guy knows what he's doing. Yep. Okay, like bingo. Sorry that Kylo Ren can't be, you know everybody's great savior it's stupid i don't need to see another darth vader what he did with kylo Ren was perfect burn it all to the ground we're starting over it's exactly what star wars needs to do he was telling you what we need to do and now everybody wants to get on your high horse about it like instead we're just repeating the same dumb crap over and over we're putting different characters we're like hey everybody loves Rex, so let's make five other randos hey everybody loved uh you know 99 because you know, everybody felt sorry for him. Let's create like an entire group of them. Like it was fine in clone wars. They were perfect in clone wars. It was great. Yep. That's all I needed to see. I don't care. Like, like I get it. I do get it. I understand that people love this era and I love it too. I love Rex. I love Ahsoka. Move the, I mean, Rex and Ahsoka are
0: two of my favorite star Wars characters, period. Yeah. Both of them.
1: Yeah, I'll take both of them Um, over even most of the original franchise.
0: And, you know, and and that's what the the other series, you know, Mandalorian, and then what I hope we get from the Ahsoka series. And, you know, I'll talk about the Obi-Wan series here in a second. But, um, you know, they're still within the confines of this Skywalker saga, which is annoying, but they're at least telling new stories in it. And for the most part, they're not actually that confined by the saga itself, Mandalorian, or um, what I hope we will see in Ahsoka. Yeah. But when they keep pushing things like Obi-Wan, okay, and let me clarify: I'm going to love that series, most likely. You know, I, 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 it's something I've always wanted, but it is just another example of them not being able to think about or think of anything new. Trust me guys, I love Obi-Wan Kenobi. But when are we going to get new Star Wars? Never. I mean that's yeah, never. And I, I, I that's what I'm starting to believe. That's why I'm so excited for Visions. It's new, it's new Star Wars.
1: And that's why Mandalorian is so successful. They took something that is familiar and they made their own story. Bingo. Now you can, I don't have a problem weaving in existing star Wars properties to a new property, which is what Mandalorian did. We got Bo-Katan, but we got, uh, you you know, we got Ahsoka, but the story was centrally focused on new characters. That's what you want to see. What bad batch does is say, here's all these new characters. Let, let us tie all the other star Wars stories and really give them no room to grow and no character development, and just have them be the the connective tissue between all Star Wars stories. Like to me, Bingo. when this show is most successful, it's when they're out doing their stupid bounty hunting. Like let's yeah. let's catch a Rancor for Jabba. Like that's yeah. and like it could it
0: And like, then they couldn't, couldn't even make, make the storm. damn. They couldn't even make the damn Rancor the actual one that's in the in Return of the Jedi. Nope, it's a different one. Yep. Why? Makes no sense.
1: Well, I actually I kind of appreciate that. I Again, I don't need to know where the fucking rank. Well, goes, yeah, because
0: I mean, I guess they didn't connect it there. But you know, I just, yeah. I, I honestly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to just say I don't know what else to say about the show. I just don't care. Yeah. It gave me no reason to care.
1: And that and that hurts a lot because I wanted to like the show. I loved the characters when they you know briefly appeared. In Clone Wars, and I thought, wow, this is this could be an excellent box to tell yeah. in. And what they did is they confined themselves to the same box that Clone Wars exists in, and and a little bit of what Rebels exists in. And then they said, yep. okay, well, this is the box we're going to stay in. Like, I hope, like, and I'll I'll watch season two just because I watch anything Star Wars. But like,
0: yeah, because I love Star Wars.
1: Hopefully, yeah. now that Kamino's destroyed and we don't have any semblance of you know what their lives were. Um, mm-hmm.
0: they lost the baggage, right? There. I
1: hope that we can expand and let them do something other than new things. Connect rebels to Clone Wars to Mandalorian, because
0: mm-hmm. if that's
1: all we're gonna do, I'll just watch Mandalorian because I'll pick it all up anyway, and it's a better show anyway. So
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: I, I and I, guys, I, I'm telling you, I hate this. I hate giving Star Wars. Yeah, Netflix that's the,
0: that's the thing. We really do not enjoy saying no
1: this at all. No, I love like. I, when Rise of Skywalker came out, Ian and I fought the good fight for like a month and tried to tell people why it was good. And then we watched it.
0: We tried. Two more times. We tried. Oh, this is bad. And it got to that point where like, you know what? We just can't do this anymore. Yeah. It's exhausting. Because it's absolute trash. I mean, we were in. And and that's, and that's the thing. I'm not doing that with this. No, it wasn't good. I'm going to say it wasn't good. And, you know. And that's the thing. It, it, it's like, it wasn't bad. It's not like it was like horribly written or poorly animated or, you know, poorly voice acted. And that's the that, okay. If there is any positive, it's D Bradley Baker's voice work yeah. as clone force 99, as is always the case. Anytime he's a voice in anything, that that's probably the true positive of the whole show is that D Bradley Baker is a freaking legend. Yeah. Um, But I just, I've probably said it a hundred times by now, I just didn't care. Nope. Yep. And so, you know, instead of continuing to tell you guys that we didn't care, because, again, we didn't care. (laughs) I think we'll go ahead and we're going to end here i hope you enjoyed the weekend review before we decided to go off off the deep end a little bit um we've got some great things to look forward to guys marvel is killing it for everyone who watched suicide squad dc is killing it we just need Free guy kills it for god's sakes free guy yeah the hell free guy kills it we just need lucasfilm to join the party a little yeah, and, and what I'll say, like, still excited for Boba. Fett. Yeah, that's that's it's good.
1: I, I was gonna try to end it. Yeah. on a on an up upbeat note for Star Wars because, like, like Ian said, um, we love Star Wars. So here are the positives we've got from Star Wars. One, Ryan Johnson's trilogy is still out in the ether somewhere, allegedly. That's a huge positive for me because, yeah, like I said, Episode Eight from a storytelling standpoint, I don't care what any of you people say. From a pure storytelling standpoint, it's probably second or third great. best Star Wars movie ever made. Period. End of yep. story. There's no argument. Uh, don't don't try. Two. two. Boba Fett is coming. So, great. Number three. Mando season three is coming. Perfect. Can't wait for that. Perfect. Taika Waititi is making a Star Wars movie. H- and he said yep. it's the most Taika thing he's ever done. So,
0: which, I mean, great.
1: Up. See? Great things coming. And, and and again, there's always that rumor around flying. Or, so oh, we also got I guess five or four. I don't remember. I can't count. I'm a lawyer. by yeah. trade. Visions. Well, Visions. Oh, so six. We've got a Kevin Feige Star Wars movie out in the ether somewhere.
0: Out there. And you know that's going to yes. be good. Yes. Because the man can make movies and the man loves Star and, Wars.
1: And, you know, again, Lucas Films, talk to us. We will give you a Knights of the Old Republic trilogy. Ian and I can do it. Please, we'll do
0: it. We can do it. We'll
1: do it, and it'll be glorious, <laughs> and and we'll win everyone back.
0: Trust us. That's that's what they need. That's what they need. I know. So and the force is strong. Somewhere. And another positive. We just back got to get. I've got a it.
1: tattoo, a Star Wars forearm tattoo wrap coming up that we'll be sharing with you on our Instagram because duh. Why not? Not till January, so don't give your hopes so, up, so but positives.
0: So, in short, Bad Batch, crappy. The rest of Star Wars, there is hope. Rebellions are built on As hope. Leia would so love. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. But, you know, the hope was kind of a little bit less after this show <laughs> I didn't care about. Boom, there's another time Another time of me saying I don't care. So, as Tanner said, he's got a vacation coming up. We're going to drop this episode on uh, the, the week in review day. So if you're listening to this, this probably is a weird time for you to be listening to it. Cause you're like, oh my God, where's my week in review? Well, you got your half week in review and we will, we will hit you guys back up the following the week, week and a
1: half in review or
0: week and a half Ooh. in review. See guys, we're, we've got so much content for you planned. All right. So as usual, Thanks for listening to New and Nerdworthy. This is Ian. This is
1: Tanner, and we greatly appreciate you guys. As always, if you have any comments, criticisms, uh, try to stay away from criticism. We're generally positive, but you can hit us up on our socials at N Nerdworthy on Instagram and Twitter, and we will talk to you guys uh, soon.
0: Adios. Adios. Oh.